the 25th of October, 2007, episode 89. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. So it's always kind of been my stance that I don't want to go back and repeat you know, entire topics that we've talked about before, but we're kind of getting to that point now where we're up in the 90s, we're almost to 100 episodes, and there are some of those ones that we covered maybe in the first 20, 30, 40 episodes that you know, it's it's been quite some time and we're getting some new people coming on all the time and they want to hear about these things, so um, today is going to be kind of one of those rehash things. Um, obviously it's going to be different because I don't even remember when that one was, so um, if you do want to find the archived episodes, though, just go to rookiedesigner.com and click on the archives button at the top, and you can find all those old ones. Uh, some of them aren't labeled, so it's going to make it a little harder to figure out what they are. But uh, today we're going to be talking about organization. And like I said, we've, we've covered this one before, but I'm going to try and do it a little bit different way. I kind of have four major facets that we're going to look at of how organization can really improve uh, not only your career and your, your workflow, but also just your life in general. So we're going to be talking about organization today. I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in, subscribing, however you get the podcasts. Uh, it was brought to my attention. Somebody sent me an email and said, um, "Is it? am I able to get the podcast on the website? And I'm thinking that was a pretty strange question, but I went up and found that actually the things weren't hooked up anymore. And then I went into iTunes and all the uh, all the uh, episodes were gone out of there. So I figured out what the problem was. Somehow I got my plugin turned off, which is the one that attaches the audio files to you know each of the posts and essentially builds the feed file and lets you guys download and subscribe and all that good stuff. Uh, got turned off somehow, so that's turned back on. So uh, hopefully you'll be seeing everything up in there again. Uh, I apologize for the inconvenience. I really have no clue how that happened. But uh, to answer that guy's question, um, yes, you can get them on the website. Usually you should be able to now. Uh, there's a little audio MP3 button. You can say play now. You can play it in a pop-up or you can download that. So all those links should be at the top of each of these show notes for each of the episodes there. So again, I apologize for that. And thanks for bringing it to my attention because I didn't realize that uh, the podcast was basically down down and out. So uh, that should be fixed now. Uh, but thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, also, I got lots of lots of emails from people concerned about you know my situation. Obviously, there's all kinds of fires here in San Diego. And uh, well, I want to thank everybody for their concern. Uh, I'm actually in a pretty safe zone. I'm pretty close to the beach. And uh, most of the fires usually occur kind of out you know, inland more and in the mountains and stuff like that. So uh, thank you for your concern, though. I am doing just fine, but uh, obviously some people are not, and uh, there's some crazy stuff going on. I think most of the fires are contained for the most part right now. I had a couple of friends that were evacuated, but uh, I think all of them were able to return to their houses, and their houses were still there. So good stuff for them. But thank you for sending those emails in. Uh, a couple of things, uh, the YouShare program, if you, anybody wants to share something with uh, the rest of the community here on the show, if you have recording equipment, I'd love to hear an MP3 that you, you send in to me, uh, any kind of audio file actually for that matter. Uh, if you want to suggest a topic or just talk about something that's you know maybe bothering you or something that's been on your mind, 
that relates to the show. Uh, if you don't have recording equipment, you can just send me an email, a Word doc, InDesign doc, any any way you want to get it to me, and uh, we'll we'll cover that topic for you. Uh, the other one is tell a friend program, and I just ask that you tell other people that you think would be interested in the show. Tell them about the show, where it is, how to subscribe, um, and and just let them know that it's here, so that you know they can give it a try. If they like it, then maybe we'll, we can build our community a little bit bigger. And finally, the contest. I've been talking about this for a while. A little more detail now. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to end this. I'm going to probably let it go at least a couple more weeks and maybe to the end of November for you to get your entries in. Again, if you want to enter this contest, you just go to rookiedesigner.com and click on the support link at the top there. And then once you get to that page, you'll see a big, long, dark blue button that says, Take the Survey Now. And when you open, when you hit that, it opens up a big, long survey. Uh, sorry, it's so long, but probably only take you about five minutes anyways. If you can fill that out and send it in to me, that automatically enters you for the contest. Now, the contest, there's lots of prizes this time. Uh, like I said, I have lots of books that I've been reviewing, and I'm going to be giving a bunch of those away. I have a couple of DVDs that have like training tutorial type things on them. And the grand prize is going to be, I finally decided, I'm going to get a Bamboo Fun, which is a Wacom tablet. Uh, I'm not exactly sure the size of it. It's like a 5x8 or 6x9 or something like that. It's it's basically the smallest one they have, but uh, a very slick looking thing. I, I had one this size before. I actually upgraded to a larger one now, but it works perfectly good. It's it's a great thing to have. And if you've never used a tablet before and you like working in like Photoshop and doing painting kind of stuff or just navigating through the computer, I mean, it's it's definitely a different thing, but it's, it's kind of cool to be able to use the pen like that. So that's going to be the grand prize. And uh, I hope everybody gets their entries in. Uh, I want to let this go a little lo- longer because I do, it's important that I get this information from people. That's why I wanted to put this form up and do this contest so that I can uh, learn a little bit more about how you guys listen and all that good stuff. So uh, please get your entries in ASAP if you haven't done so already. And uh, I guess I'm probably looking at the end of November to start calling off some winners. So, And I've had a really, really good response so far. I think I have over 100 people submitting. So uh, very good, very good deal. Thank you guys for, for supporting me and for uh, entering the contest. Last but not least, this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting gives you a great way to meet with other people no matter where they are in the world. And you can do it instantly. And you pay one flat fee and you can meet as many times as you want. You don't have to pay by the meeting or by the hour. You just pay that one fee and then you can meet as much as you want. The great thing about this is they log in in a browser and they can see your desktop. You can show them everything that you're doing on your computer, meaning if you have some artwork to show them, maybe you're building a website and you want to show them real time and kind of go through and point things out to them, you can get that instantaneous feedback from people. And I think it's really, really good for designers. Uh, We actually use this at my job. We use it more for meetings to show like financials and stuff like that, but lots of different uses for this thing. And it's, it's a great, great product. Now you can try this for free if you want to. And uh, you just need to go to this URL. It's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And you'll be able to try out that software for free for 30 days. So check that out if you get a chance. So once again, today might be a little bit of review for some people, uh, some of you who've been with us since the beginning. Uh, I know I did this at some point, but I'm not sure when it was. But I, I think it's important enough to bring up again and, and kind of talk about different ways that organization 
can really help you in, in many different ways. And I'm going to kind of hit on four major areas where I think that's a, a good thing to, to do. So the first one is organization on your computer. And I think this is a big one for some people, uh, especially artists, I think, tend to be kind of free thinkers and kind of out there a little bit and maybe not the most organized people in the world. And I've definitely seen a couple examples of this. And the first thing, I'm, I'm pretty sure I said this last time, but it, it's important to me and I think it's important to everyone that your desktop, and that's meaning your desktop on your computer, doesn't become a, a junkyard. I've seen this so many times. People just have tons and tons. Their desktop is just riddled with different files. And obviously the main reason this is bad is it's hard to find stuff when you do that. You know, if you got 50 different things on your desktop, you got to look through 50 different things to find what you're looking for. Uh, unless, you know, you have some kind of strange organization in which you keep everything there and you know what the name of everything is so that you can find it that way. But all in all, I think it's just kind of a bad idea. Now, I know there's there's those kind of files that kind of don't go anywhere, right? So I have these. There's things that maybe I downloaded that I want to try, just haven't got to yet. Um, things that I need readily that I don't want to bury down, you know, five folders deep. Uh, some things that just don't go anywhere. Maybe it's just something fun or some URLs that you wanted to save. Um, I always keep a folder on the desktop. Mine's actually called desktop. You can call it miscellaneous, call it whatever you want. But just somewhere for me to stick all those things that I kind of want to come back to. But if I, I you know, put them down in a few folders, I'll probably forget about them. So I put them in that one folder so that I can just open that up and look at that. Um, this is just kind of how I do things. I mean, right now, I'm kind of a hypocrite because I have about 10 items on my desktop. And I usually like to keep it, you know, pretty much clean. But, you know, sometimes things happen. But I think... Getting that stuff organized, and you're going to notice that the big theme here that I talk about as far as organizing your files and not just cluttering up your desktop is being able to find stuff quickly, and that's a really important point. Why do we need organization? Because if things aren't in the right place, they might, you know, things might break down. If you're talking about a website, obviously, if you're pointing to something that's supposed to be a certain area and it's not there, that's not going to work things are going to break. Uh, also, things get lost. Like I said, we need to uh, save ourselves time by being able to find things very quickly. If we can't find things and we, we spend a bunch of time searching for them, then we're wasting time that, that could be used to do more work and make more money or work faster or maybe get away from the computer altogether and go do something fun. So we don't want to waste our time. We want everything to be very efficient so that we're making the, the most of our time, we're, we're making our money and maybe even making a little extra money because we're doing it extra fast and also, you know, give yourself some free time as well. So if you can't find things, then obviously you're going to be searching for them. There's, there's lots of, of different variables here. I find myself at work sometimes too, and um, this has more to do with kind of archiving my files, but every once in a while, I don't have a, a large hard drive at work and I don't have an external hard drive at work. So we use CDs a lot. So when I get these things on the CDs, I try and write as much detail on the CD as I possibly can, because I find myself going through this big book of CDs, looking for something and wasting about, you know, 20, 30 minutes every time because I can't figure out which CD it's on. 
that's a big waste of time. Same thing can happen on your computer though. You know, if you don't remember what you name something or where exactly you would have put it and, uh, you can you go through and you use the search functions on whichever OS you're on. They work pretty good, but I mean, you have to know a couple of things about your files to be able to find them quickly using those functions. And we're going to talk a little bit about that next. Um, last point I wanted to hit on here is that folders are your friends. And I find myself to be a little anal retentive when it comes to organizing files. But my theory is you can never have too many folders. It's okay to be eight folders deep in something if it helps you find that file the next time around. And I I tend to like to do that. When I was in school, uh, I brought my computer in and people are looking at, you know, my folder structure. I'm going through trying to find something, you know, in probably, like I said, eight or 10 folders deep. And they're just like, whoa, you know, what's going on here? How come you have so many folders? But it helps me to categorize everything into a way that I know exactly where to go to find what I'm looking for. And I think this really, really can help you out, especially, you know, if you're going to move into something like web design, it's really going to help you out because, you know, on a website, there could be just hundreds of folders, deep, deep folder structures. I mean, it's not going to be super deep because, you know, that doesn't help out with uh, SEO and all this other stuff that we've been talking about lately. But you know, as far as like the, the actual files of the website and maybe also the support files, I mean, you're going to have a big folder structure there and you really find that it helps you to organize things and, and categorize them in a way that it makes sense that once you get in there, there might be a lot of folders, but you know, each one is labeled accordingly that it lets you know where it's going to take you and what you're going to find inside of that folder. So I say folders are your friends and uh, use as many of them as you need to use. Obviously, you don't want to just have your documents folder and just have a crap load of documents just sitting in that first level. You want to break it down into maybe per year or per, you know, who the who the particular job is for or the department that it's for or the function that it serves or something. Give you some indication of what each folder holds and then kind of break it down from there. Uh, like I said, I, I get uh, kind of overexcited with the organization stuff. But I mean, I think if you can break it down at least into a few different areas, it's going to help you find those things a lot easier and thus waste less time and really get down to what you need to be doing as far as working and uh, work and playtime. The next thing that kind of directly relates to what we were just talking about is organizing your files. And I think the hugest topic here is naming conventions. And this can really save you a lot of time and really make those search functions in your operating system that much more effective because now you know what to search for. Um, we talked last time about kind of ways of coming up with, with names that make sense to you. Now, you don't want names that are super, super long. So you're going to have to you know, kind of abbreviate things at least a little bit. You don't want a name that's like 20 characters long, but you want to put a few things in that, that give you keys to who it was for or what it was for when it was made. I mean, you can find this information later, but I like to put something in there about when it was made and maybe what project it's for. So you're going to do a couple of things like coming up with abbreviations for, and this, this I'm talking freelance here. So abbreviations for the clients or the company's name that you're working for. So I have a company that I work for called GPS it. And that one's short enough that I usually will just write that in it 
in there, but I might shorten it down to GPS or something like that. Uh, I have another client that's called complete soundproofing. So I usually use CSP for them. And that's going to be the first thing that I put on that file, the client's name in some kind of form of abbreviation or something like that. That way I know, okay, I want to look for something from complete soundproofing. The first thing I'm going to do is go to search and say, and put in CSP. I don't have to put anything else. If I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking for, I'm going to put that in and it's going to give me all the files for that client. And at least now I'm in that area. Now, hopefully I'm organized enough that I know where those files are anyways, but let's just say we're searching and we're searching for files just from that client. The next thing I might do is I actually assign a job number to each job that I have. And this way I don't have to have some kind of uh, representation of what it is like brochure or, you know, magazine ad. It's a lot easier for me to have a, I think it's a five digit number that I use. And then I can just kind of look that up. Now I also kind of name things like the folder I will name with a number and also with the name of the project. So if I don't remember the number, I can always get that. But the way my set, my, the way my setup is I have a, a program that I use. It's called iBiz and that's for Mac only, but it's, it's a way of organizing my, my jobs that I have and it times them for me and it does all this other great stuff. Uh, I have the job numbers in there. So if anything, I can just go in there and look at, okay, the brochure was job number, blah, blah, blah. And I know that then, and now I can search for not only the client, but the job number. Uh, the next thing I would do is probably put some kind of date on it. Just so I know, uh, dating everything I think is a good idea. Like I said, once you actually find the file, you can find out things like when it was created and when it was last modified. But I just like to have the date to know that, you know, I can, get into that search and I can start looking for something for a particular client, a particular job in a, a certain time span, a certain year, maybe, cause I don't want to go ahead and grab up all stuff from like two years ago. I want to see the most current stuff that I've done. Or maybe I do want to go back and look at stuff that I did in Oh five, you know, and nothing more current than that. So coming up with your own, your own naming convention, I think is a good thing to do. Once you get kind of a formula for it, make sure you do it the same all the time because it's going to be confusing if you start putting different variables in there or if you start uh, ordering it differently, you, you might not know what to search for first. So make sure you just kind of come up with your own rules. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's all personal preference and it's all what works best for you. But once you get that kind of set in stone, then make sure you do it the same all the time. And I think it'll, it'll make it a lot easier for you to search for files on your computer and uh, hopefully find them a lot more quickly. The next thing to talk about is inside the files. And this I think is a big thing that people have issues with as well. Once we're inside a file, like an illustrator file or a Photoshop file or InDesign or any of those, there's certain things that we need to control. And this especially goes for those who have to pass on work to other people. And if you've ever got, maybe not everyone has gotten a file from someone else before, um, I tend to work alone, so it doesn't happen to me a lot, but I actually have been past files that maybe a freelancer, we went out to a, a freelance company or something once, maybe they worked on, and then they gave me the files. You open the thing up and you know, the there's like a million layers and none of them are named, or maybe you get some, uh, some flash files or something. And the assets have very strange names. There's like a million in there and they're not, you know, categorized into folders or anything like that. It's pretty annoying and it's hard to find what you're looking for. And this again, you know, it's just a waste of time 
if you're searching through, you know, maybe like 30 layers in a Photoshop document, trying to find the one that, that has the, the little, you know, tiny graphic on it that you need to alter, it's, it's a waste of time to do that. So the best way to do this is just to take care of it as you're going along. When you make a new layer, make sure you name that layer. If you bring something into Flash and it's not named correctly, you want to name it something that makes more sense so you can find it later, do it right when you import that. Uh, if you need to categorize things into folders, a lot of people don't do this in Photoshop. They'll just have, you know, 30 layers there. It's a good idea to make folders for these layers or make groups for the layers and stick them in there. That way you can kind of compress everything down and it makes it easier to work in that lay layers palette as well when you don't have to scroll up and down because, you know, you're just closing these folders and you just have the one open that you're working on. Uh, same thing in Flash in the timeline. If you're someone that works in the timeline, very, very important to name those layers because once you get a lot of those, uh, a lot of layers going in there, it's really hard to tell what's going on. So again, we're talking about naming things and naming them in a way that makes sense so that you could hand this file off to someone. They could have no idea what you did in it. Just open it up, look at the layers and the names of them and look at the animation or look at the, you know, the composite image that you made and be able to have a good idea of what's going on there and, uh, and thus not wasting any time. You know, I mean, there's going to be some time, some adjustment period to looking at someone else's work and figuring out what's going on, but this makes it much, much easier. And it's just a nice thing to do. And, you know, you should do unto others as you want them to do to you. So if you don't want a file that makes absolutely no sense, then it's probably a good idea. And it's just good practice to start doing these things, start naming everything in a sensible way and making sure that everything is kind of laid out nicely and labeled and makes it easy to work on. One of the other things that I definitely use all the time and, and it has a couple of different functions to it, but uh, InDesign has the package feature, which allows you to package all your files up, all the files that belong to that final InDesign file it packages them up and puts them in folders for you and makes a nice package for you. And this is good, obviously, if you're going to send those files to the printer. That's really what it's meant for. But it can also be very good because I actually use it just sometimes, even when I'm doing something that's going to be a soft copy, like a PDF or something, I'll use it just to organize all those final files. I have my final file that I worked on and you know, I have all my support files as well, but I want to make a final folder. So I, when I go back maybe two months later, I know this was the last one I worked on and this was the final one. So I'll just go ahead and package that thing and let it make that file structure and maybe name the folder, you know, final October 07 or something like that. And then I'll have that there and I'll know that that was the final one. So if I have to go back and edit it, I'll go into that file folder, make my edits, get that into a final version and package it again and make another final folder there. And that will be, you know, final of December of 07 or something like that. Just easy ways because one of the most annoying things I think is to work on something, kind of take a break from it for a month or two. And then somebody asks you to go back and modify it and you go back and now you have like three, four different InDesign files and you don't know which one was the last one that you worked on, which brings up another great point. When you're working, we want to save early and often. I'm sure you've heard that before. It's also good to save out different copies. Don't just keep saving over the same copy over and over again, because if you do that, you run the risk of that file becoming uh, corrupted 
and then you lose that, then you lose everything. So when you get to a very significant point, uh, when you've made plenty of changes, it's a good thing to go in and actually save that out as a different file. And when you do that, give it some kind of numbering system, make it, you know, it could just be as easy as one, two, three, you could have the date in there and, and some other kind of number, but make, make it make sense to you. So that if you do, if you are one of those people that maybe just keeps a lot of different versions of the same thing, once again, after you take a month or two off and you go back and, and you have to modify that file, it'll make sense to you which one was the last one you worked on. Again, if you want to take the time, you can easily find out when the last time the files were modified. You can even actually sort through your folder and, and make it so that the first one that shows up is the most recent one. But I think it's just an easier way to pinpoint things and let yourself know, you know, which version this was. Sometimes you might have two different versions of the same thing that are slightly different too. And that's, that's something where you're going to need to know more than just, you know, when it was last modified, you might need to know which one was set up for which different purpose. So the big thing here is you're going to have times when you don't touch something for a while. And when you come back, you need to know what's going on with those files. And the easiest way for you to do that is to leave yourself clues by naming it a certain way. On that same topic, uh, I want to talk a little bit about grouping, how you group your folders and the folder structure that you use. And we kind of talked about this having a final folder, a final file folder. And a lot of times you're going to have support files too, especially the ones I find the biggest um, websites and flash files. I always have this huge, huge folder full of support files and the support files aren't necessarily the ones that, that you need to make the website work or to make the flash work. And flash actually kind of gives you an advantage because it imports everything and it keeps it in the document. Uh, it's bad because it makes the document larger, but if you accidentally threw those files away, that flash file would still work. Uh, whereas, you know, a website, the final image files, you obviously have to have those there. If you, if you lose those somehow, then they're just not going to show up. But what I'm more talking about here is your support files. Like you have an image file that you've made for the website but you also have a layered Photoshop file, a composite file that you made. So you have the Photoshop file and then you have the GIF or the JPEG or whatever you compressed it down to for the website. So obviously you don't want to keep these two things in the same place because you're not going to upload your Photoshop files to the server and have that up there. That's just a waste of bandwidth and a waste of space because you don't need that. You just need the final file. So I think uh, keeping those things separate is obviously a good idea. Um, you want to keep them somewhere in the same spot though, so that you know what they go to and, uh, you can readily access those when you need them. Again, for me, the best thing that kind of works with that, with that type of thinking is to have, you know, a project file or a project folder for each different project. And kind of the highest level of that would be to have, you know, I'll have maybe a folder with my contract and with my invoices in it for that particular project. I'll have a folder for support files like that. And inside that support file folder, um, probably a lot more folders, you know, maybe breaking it down into Photoshop files, Illustrator, or maybe, you know, other ways of specifying what, what is what. And then the final one would be, you know, maybe the website folder, the main website folder. And then inside of that would be my whole 
uh, folder structure for that website. But I think uh, just kind of organizing it that way is going to make things a lot easier. You keep everything in one nice little package for each project that you have. And again, I'm talking more in freelance terms, but if you're just working for a company, same thing. I mean, you're going to have at least some kind of name for your project. Uh, you won't necessarily have a number for it, although you can make numbers for it if you want just to help yourself out. But you're going to have some kind of name for that project or maybe uh, a, a certain organization in your company that you're doing that for, like marketing. Uh, usually have a marketing folder and then all their projects in there and then maybe uh, web development and then all those projects. So uh, just easier ways of kind of getting things into neat little packages that you can just open up real quick and find everything that you need. The keys to the game. I probably could have done this key command uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about fonts and embedding fonts and stuff like that. But this is uh, a way to get your fonts into basically an object form, into a vector form, so that uh, you don't necessarily have to send the the font file along with your document if you're having it printed. And that's to create outlines. And you can do this in Illustrator and in InDesign. And to do this on the PC, you're going to press Control, Shift, and Zero. And on the Mac, that's Command, Shift, and Zero to make create outlines in Illustrator and InDesign. The next topic I wanted to hit on was organizing your projects. And this is obviously a, a big, important one. Because if you're not organizing your projects, once again, we're talking about lost time or spending too much time on something that you shouldn't be spending that much time on. And if you've already quoted out for a certain amount of time and you're going over that now, you're essentially losing money, which is not a good thing at any time. So when we're starting out, we need to brainstorm certain ideas and, and kind of get ideas for how the project is going to go, which direction it's going to go in. So we want to organize our thoughts. There's lots of uh, brainstorming softwares out there to where you can uh, kind of use different methods and kind of plan things out and get some kind of flow going to your ideas. Or, you know, you could just use the old fashioned method, older techniques of maybe post-it notes or just kind of drawing everything out on a piece of paper. But it's definitely a good thing to do. Maybe you're just even making lists of ideas and kind of trying to put some, some of those together. But you need to really, you can't, I've said this a million times, you can't just jump on the computer and start making a website or start making a layout. It doesn't work that way. You're going to end up wasting time because you're going to change it over and over again because you have absolutely no direction to what you're doing. So you need to sit down and, and really brainstorm, even if it's just kind of thinking of things in your head, although it's, I think it's a best practice to, to get everything down either on your computer or on paper so that you can look at it. Maybe you can set it aside and go back to do it the next day and make sure that's still what you want to do. We need to make a, a good solid plan of attack for the project. Once we get those ideas and we have a little bit of a direction, we need to know, okay, how are we going to go about doing this and kind of plan your time. And that's, again, this is kind of goes into ways of being able to quote people, uh, knowing from past projects about how long things take you, but also you know, the steps that you're going to need to take to get this project done. So making a solid plan is absolutely going to help you do that. And it's going to help you plan out your time. And, and you can give allotments of time to, you know, each different facet of this project that you're going to do. And it's, it's really going to, you know, again, we're kind of keeping things organized so that we do it in a kind of methodical way and 
don't waste any time and make the most of our time and make, make more money that way. So we want to utilize methods and procedures to kind of tighten up our workflow. And we talked before about, you know, it's good to kind of break out of, you know, your same routine that you do all the time to try and change things up and get different results. And I still stand by that, but I also believe it's very important to have these methods, these procedures, the things that the little things that you do every single time and you do them the same way because it, it gives you predictable results. You know that you can do a certain thing in this amount of time because you already have the steps laid out to get that done. Now we're not talking about the whole creative process. We're not talking about, you know, brainstorming ideas. These are kind of the, the loose variables that can take a long time or maybe take a short time, depending on, uh, you know, several things, you know, how, how in tune with this project you are, or, you know, just the kind of ideas that you're coming up with. Sometimes they'll come to you easier than other times. Not really talking so much about that. And that's where you probably want to try and change things up so that you're not always getting those same results, but it's kind of the, the more busy work type of things that you want to have those procedures for, um, this is how business works these days. I mean, there's all kinds of procedure documents that people write up so that somebody new can come into that position and just bang it out and know what to do already and do it quickly and efficiently. Now we're not necessarily going to be writing ourselves procedure documents. Um, I think that's probably not the best use of your time as a, as a freelancer. Uh, you might be asked to do it if you, if you're in a corporate job, but just, just knowing these things, just having these, these same steps that you go through to do the kind of mundane tasks is a good thing because you know, you can get through them quickly. You know, you can get through them in a certain amount of time and that's kind of not taking anything away from that creative time that you want to have to be able to come up with the, the most awesome design that you've ever done in your whole life. You need to budget your time effectively. And that's really what we're talking about here. Uh, we, we make these quotes you know, based on maybe an hourly wage, that's, that's pretty much what I do. I say, okay, this is going to take me this long. Uh, B is going to take me this long. C is going to take me this long. I charge this much per hour. So here's about what I'm going to charge. I have to know these things though. I have to budget my time. I have to know how much time each little facet of that project is going to take me. Otherwise, you know, I either, I either over quote these people for this or I underquote them. And both of these are bad. You know, obviously underquoting sounds the worst because I'm losing money. If I spend more time than I budgeted for, I'm losing money. It's as simple as that. But if I, if I overquote the people, then that's also bad. I mean, if they want to pay it, that's fine. But if they pay, you know, X amount of dollars extra and at the end of the project, they don't feel that they got their money's worth out of that, then you just lost a customer. So you want to be as accurate as you can. And to do that, we need to budget our time. And to do that, I've preached this before as well. We need to kind of time ourselves when we do stuff. Even if you're going to maybe build a website for yourself, time every single little thing. And I would say, break it down into as much as you can. And this, I suppose, could be another type of organization of you know, keeping track of, of how much time things take you. But my particular software that I use allows me to make several little, little jobs inside of a big project. That way I can time everything. I'm not just timing. Okay. This is how long it takes me to make a website, start the timer and then shut it off when I'm done. I mean, that's, that tells you one thing, 
How long does it take to make a website that is X amount of pages? Even better than that would be to break it down into each little piece. Okay, so to make thumbnails, it takes me this long. To make comps, it takes this long. To you know, code the, the navigation takes me this long. To make my images in Photoshop takes me this long. And now you have a better idea of how long each one of these little things takes you. Because sometimes you're gonna have a website where you're not doing every single one of those things. And you need to know how, how long each one of those tasks takes you instead of just the whole big picture. So I say if, the, if, it, if at all possible, try and time yourself doing all these different things. And the more you do that, the more it's gonna become easier because again, you'll get into these methods and procedures that you do all the time. Things will be become second nature and you'll kind of get in this groove where things take you about the same amount of time. So um, again, budgeting your time effectively is gonna help you on several different levels. Uh, it's going to help you make sure you get the job done in a timely fashion, make sure that you can quote effectively, and also make sure that you actually finish the job in the amount of time that you guessed that you would, thus making you money instead of losing you money. The last one I have here is kind of more general, and that is organization for your life. Now we said clutter on your virtual desktop is bad. And it's also bad to have clutter on your regular desktop, meaning the top of your desk where your computer sits. If you have clutter all over your desk, then it's just, it's kind of distracting. And we talked about this with the whole distractions thing. It's easily, it's easy to get distracted when you're working on something, especially when you're trying to start a project and you're maybe having a little tough time getting into it. You, you want to eliminate those distractions because anything that's in front of you is going to be like, oh, maybe I'll check this out for a minute. So um, I say that yet I have uh, a crap load of stuff on my desk right now, but you know, it's not always easy. I'm a lot more organized person on the computer than I am off the computer, but uh, I think it's good to try and keep those distractions out of your way. I think the most important thing here in this topic would be to get a list of goals and you might have several lists. I have probably about five or six going right now, but you want to have lists of long-term goals what do you want to achieve? Uh, interviews, they many times ask you, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years or where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, I tend to not know the answer to that question. I, I don't really care to know that question, the answer to that question, because there could be several different things that will happen to me. But on the flip side of that coin, I think you can say that most people have at least you know two or three goals that they want to achieve two or three things, maybe very big things that they want to achieve in their life, whether it's getting, you know, a certain job, maybe making a certain amount of money. Maybe you want to own a house or have kids or something like that. All these things obviously tie into money and having a good job and, and getting things done. Um, it might not be that, that vague. It might not be that big of a goal, but I think everybody has a few certain, certain things that they want to get done in their life. So, I say put those down, write them down on paper, get them down somewhere where you can go back and look at them again and again and say, am I still working towards this? Am I on the right path to get this thing done? And is this still what I want? Now, in addition to that, you probably want to have some short-term goals. Because like we said, when we're, when we're doing a project and it's this big giant project, maybe it's a huge website or something, if you kind of make your checklist of things to do and the first one is make this humongous website, you're going to look at that and you're going to go, oh man, I don't even want to start this thing. How do I start this? It's humongous. 
So you don't want to just have this list of things that seem unattainable because it's going to take you years and years to do it. There's steps that you need to take to get to those goals. And that's what you want to put on this short-term list. Things that are achievable maybe within a couple of weeks or within a month or two. Things that seem more attainable to you so it doesn't discourage you into not doing anything and just kind of procrastinating on the whole thing. So I think making these lists is a good thing to do. Again, writing it down or putting it somewhere where it's kind of a constant reminder for you and you can't just kind of say, oh yeah, well, I was going to do that, but you know, it's not staring me in the face, so I'll just put it off for now. Once you have these lists going, I think it really helps you to focus and kind of work towards what you want to achieve in life or what you want to achieve in your career and helps you just kind of take those, those baby steps into getting, in, getting yourself into position to really make those things happen. You also need to prioritize your goals. And that could be done several different ways. What do you want the most? What's most achievable? What, what's going to be the shortest road to getting to the end result of something? That might be the best way to do it. If you have something that's that can be done in a couple of months and it's you really think it's going to forge your career, like, you know, if you need to maybe take a class and learn something more about, you know, maybe if you're already working, is what I'm basically saying here, and you need to take a class to kind of further your career a little bit, then maybe that's something you do before you know, something other, something else that's, that's a little bit larger and is going to take longer for you to, to achieve. So kind of pr- prioritizing where those goals sit in relation to each other and uh, how you're going to get to those end goals. Cause that's really what we're talking about here. We want to uh, achieve the goals. So hopefully there wasn't too much review in this one for those of you who did actually hear the other one a while back. But I think we hit on some uh, some major topics here and, and some good examples of how organization can really help you out in your career and in your life. And like I said, not everybody is an organizational type or an organizational freak like me. But even if you employ some of these things, I think it's really going to help you out in your workflow, in uh, in your career, and possibly in your life as well. So hopefully this was a, a good topic for you guys. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. The mistake for today, and I feel like I keep coming back to this one, but it's something that, I don't know, I I guess I'd call it a rookie mistake, but I find myself getting caught up in it every single time, and that's don't bite off more than you can chew. It's very, very tempting to do everything that you can, everything that's out there. You just want to try this and try that. But, you know some common sense and some reason has to enter the equation at some point in terms of what you want to accomplish and how much time you have to get it done. And I think that's really where we go back to the kind of making of lists and prioritizing things and trying to figure out, you know, how long is it going to take me to get this done? How much time, how much free time do I have? Is it something that has to be done only in my free time? Um, Can I combine things? You know, when you have a full-time job and maybe you're trying to do some freelance on the side or something, Uh, things can get complicated and you obviously don't want to take on too many jobs. I think that's one of the ones that I said before. You don't want to get get yourself into a position where you can't finish things on time. But also just, I mean, there's things that we like to do. There's uh, software and stuff like that coming out every day that that you might want to try out, but you really have to be careful with that stuff. Uh, 
even just you know I get all kinds of magazines with tutorials and, and new books every once in a while and I find lately that I don't even have time to open those up and go through them so um, just kind of try and be wise about how much stuff you're trying to cram into the to the life there and uh, make sure that you don't overload yourself things are getting a bit out of hand looks like it's time to go to the bullpen our website for today was sent in on the last contest and this is one that i had actually been to before i don't remember how i found it but it's a great site it's called blue vertigo and you can find it at bluevertigo.com.ar and when you go there, they have tons of great resources and freebies for you. There are fonts, there's stock photography, uh, vector clip art, logo types, Photoshop brushes, icons, uh, poser downloads for, for the poser software, color tools, text generators, patterns, sounds, design contests, all kinds of great stuff. But basically, it's just... Uh, a great resource where you can go to several other websites and find all of these things uh, that you're looking for. And it's kind of a, a resource with much more resources on it. So I think this is a, a great one to look at. And it's kind of set up a little bit weird, but it has kind of a sideways scrolling thing to where it shows you every different section for all the things you're looking for. for and uh, just in as, as an example, the Photoshop brushes, there's probably like, I don't know, a hundred websites here with Photoshop brushes. So obviously you can find lots and lots of stuff here. And I used to find a lot of good fonts on the, from this one as well. So uh, definitely check that out. It, again, it's bluevertigo.com.ar. All right, just real quick, I wanted to uh, ask one more time that you guys tell anybody you think might like this podcast, tell them about it where to find it, how to get it. And uh, I would be much appreciative of that. If you have any questions for me, you can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer. You can Skype me at username Titan strides and you can go to the forum rookiedesigner.com slash forum. I believe it is. Let me make sure that's right. I never seem to know, do I? Anyways, you can go there and talk to tons of people. And yes, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, please do so. There's there's about 300 awesome designers up there to talk to and all kinds of great discussions going on. Uh, one more time, contest. If you want to enter the contest, rookiedesigner.com and you want to click on the support tab. And once you do that, at the top of the page or near the top of the page, there's a button that says take the survey now. Fill out that survey and submit it and you're automatically entered to win a Wacom tablet or some kind of design book or maybe a DVD of some tutorials. So get that in as soon as you possibly can. And uh, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you for sending in the emails of concern and also with questions and anything else you want to suggest a topic or something like that or anything you'd like to talk to me about. Thank you for that. And thanks for spreading the word about Rookie Designer. It really helps us out here. I think it really helps everybody out and I appreciate it greatly. And uh, just remember... Everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's Seven states between us. Enough space to lose someone for years. I've got the remains of a different destination. Can't imagine life any other way.
Every plane that flies over